Welcome to Kashmir on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashmir Magazine. And we have an amazing program tonight, one that I've been waiting for for, for for a couple of weeks already. And Baruch Hashem, tonight we have the, the tremendous opportunity to have with us a very important person, somebody who has spearheaded a, a, an entire program himself. With, I'm talking about Rabbi Laser Hamburger, who is the chairman of the Torah Safety Commission for Agudas Israel, right? <laughs> or now separate. Okay, so the Torah Safety Commission. And Rabbi Hamburger, welcome to our show. Thank you so much, Rabbi Wickler. I want first to express our gratitude to J-Root for giving us time during the week on Mondays and Wednesdays to uh, present our safety information, which is life-saving and limb-saving information, and we really appreciate J-Root's kindness. Well, I'll tell you the truth. We appreciate what you've done for Kalai Yisrael, for this probably... I don't want to guess how many people's lives you saved because I know back to when we first you first started. It's 20-something years ago. How many years is it exactly? Since 1991. Okay, so that's since 1991. And I remember in the early days, Rabbi Hamburger, that you and I spoke and we you were looking for avenues to get this information out and you were interested in trying to get onto some of the packaging you saw that in the Goyesha world, they were putting Torah, I'm sorry, safety information on packaging, and you thought it was an amazing thing. Maybe we could get ourselves onto the packaging. And I made the connection that you had with Kemach, which goes on till this day. Baruch Hashem, Kemach, Rabbi Saltzman, Shmuel Saltzman, his father, they have you on there with that choke, um, the person who's choking, I think everybody who was listening to the show saw it, that person who's choking and somebody grabs him behind and does the proper maneuver and saves his life. And I'll bet that that, that, that thing on the back of the Kemach package has actually helped many people over the years. Am I right? Yes, I can tell you case histories. And also talking about case histories, I want to, tonight, if possible, to mention case histories on other items in the safety booklet. Well, before we talk about the safety booklet, let me just ask you then, uh, let's go to the safety booklet. That's one of the reasons that we, we wanted you on the show is because you have the safety booklet, which is a combination, a compilation of all of the, uh, the panels. You call them panels, and the reason you call them panels is because they were put on packaging as panels. That's the reason we're calling them panels. And there were 63, is that correct? Yes. And that, uh, that, they must take some time to develop. What I personally like about it is, first of all, they're all seicheldic. They're all to the point. There's no mincing any words. And these are real safety tips that, that I mean, no one can argue in any of these things. And also, the beautiful way that it was put out. Whoever did the design, uh, it's a beautiful design, meaning that each one of these panels has unique features and, and the colors are extraordinary. The booklet itself is the, the 63 uh, 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 panels and it, it, it's, a, it's a fantastic book. It fits in a person's pocketbook or their, pocket, or their pocket, their their inside pocket or in the pocketbook for a woman. It's a tremendous thing to have. We hope, Bezos Hashem, to be able to 
disseminated on our email. We can email the entire booklet in color to whoever wants it. And I'm going to give you our email address, the Torah Safety Commission email address, and anyone who wants to get the email copy of this booklet, just email us the, your request, and we'll try to get it out to you. Now, the address is as follows. T, thank you. <laughs> S, for Sam. C, for Cat. TSC, that stands for Torah Safety Commission, at thejnet.com. Okay, so it's TSC at the JNet, that's just J N E T, dot com. Yes. That's very simple to remember. I think when we think of Torah Safety Commission, we're going to remember TSC, and it's just the JNet.com. And then you will send them the entire booklet which is all of the panels, and they can print that individually or all of them together, and they could probably, I can imagine doctors could use this and give it to some patients. They, they, they have permission to do whatever they feel they could use it for, for the benefit of the public. Wow, and I'm sure that the teachers could use it in schools too. We're doing that. And yes, I saw sure. that you have a booklet also. You have a booklet here, Safety with Uncle Moishi. Unbelievable. Uh, this was given, made possible by the Metropolitan Council on Jewish Poverty. Uh, there's a grant it, that it gave was, they, for that. They gave a grant for that. I understand that there's quite a few thousand of these. This is great. There's a coloring book and, and safety uh, and a information workbook. and a workbook. And it's very, very, very attractively done. And with Uncle Moshe, and I think everybody appreciates seeing Uncle Moshe. He's in most of these things. And uh, it just, it's very, very easy to use for the kids. And uh, how we, we, we can disseminate, how are we going to disseminate this one? If they will call the Torah Safety Commission, that's... Okay, so we've got to get out the number then. That's 718-382-1388. Try it again. 718-382-1388. One three eight eight. It's an answering machine, and you get a message right away that says, "If you are calling Hasola, the correct number is seven one eight two three zero one thousand. Otherwise, please leave a message." And talking about the Hasola number, I want to tell you. Before you wonder, I'm going to hear yes. Hasola. Well, what do we do? Uh, you want you don't want people asking for one copy. We want to be able to get it. People, uh, teachers have called. Teachers of the uh, play groups and the kindergartens Beautiful. have called, and they wanted to know if they can uh, make copies of it. And we sent them the original, and they made copies for their uh, students. And I haven't heard any complaints. I think they're very satisfied with it. Wonderful. So you, do you can tell us the Hatzala number, something about that. Yes. <coughs> There was a group of adults that was sitting around, and for some reason, they had to call Hatsola. But no one knew the, the number. A little girl calls out and says, I know the number. They looked at her, and she gave them the number. Wow. Afterwards, they asked them, little girl, how did you know the, the number? 
She said, whenever my teacher gives a math test, one of the questions is to write down Hatzalah's number. Unbelievable. What a, what a brilliant idea. <laughs> Simplicity, Now, I want to tell you also, I hold this very, very important to have Hatzalah's number in your memory, on your phone, home phone, and on your cell. So they press one button and you get the dispatcher immediately. Number two, we had a time when we asked the shotless labs in Brooklyn to put the Hatzola number on the shotness table. If you look in your shotness table, you'll find probably the number. It's there. Right. I have two cho- choices. I have actually three choices, the 718, the 212, and one, two different numbers. I have it all right here in the shotness lab. Unbelievable. You, you, you started that one? <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. But you're going to tell us some stories. I want to hear some stories. We're going to go discuss some of the details here. And anybody who wants to call in, they can speak to Rabbi Humber. Somebody's on the phone already? Okay, go ahead. We'll let, let him on. Go ahead. Johan, you're on, you're on Kasha Sunday here with Rabbi Lisa Hamburger from the uh, Torah Safety Commission. Go ahead, please. Yeah, I just wanted to say that my Ruby puts on um, Hatella's number for the for the extra credit. Oh, really? Puts on, you hear that? His Rebbe puts on Hatella's number for extra credit. Well, let me let me tell you something. You go home, you tell the Rebbe that the next time that we said he gets extra credit. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you very much for the call. Wow. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. Unbelievable. So you're going to tell us a couple of stories. I want to hear some of, some of the impact that over the years where some of these things really, you, you got the feedback. I know most times in life we don't get feedback on what we do, but there are some times. And you told us there's some stories with the, with the choking thing and uh, there's some other stories also. I'd like to first discuss house numbers. Okay. If Hasola can't find you, so knowing the number doesn't help. They have to be able to find the person. And I want to tell you, you could look for yourself up and down the various streets and various neighborhoods, and at night you cannot find a house. People do not put house numbers on their houses. And even when they do, they're not always near the light. Right. And you don't need expensive numbers. You go into a hardware store and spend 6 $7, whatever it is, even $10, and you get the largest stick-on numbers, gold on black, white on black, black on white, and you stick it on your door, and leave your porch light on at night. It's seen by day and by night, and it's a solace A very important Hasola member told me he was on a ambulance call during the daytime in a local neighborhood. I won't mention which neighborhood. And he couldn't find the house. And he couldn't back up his ambulance to start looking because there was a whole line of cars behind him. He's told me he had to go around the block all over again and start looking. When every minute counts, 
Another Hatzola member told me the only way he was able to find the house was on the, on the garbage can, the number on the garbage can. And if we're facing the other way, <laughs> and this garbage can, he said, was upside down. And then he told me another time, he had to go asking neighbors, where's this house? We have a, a precious composition by Sukhanding's secretary, Mr. Cyrillowitz, called The Number Game. And when you read that, I sent it to one of the newspapers and I called her once to get some feedback. She was all choked up. She couldn't talk to me. She was so emotion emotionally upset. It's called The Number Game. But that's not for, for the show now. The numbers must be put on without fail. You have to be protected. And you can't be protected if they can't find the house. I'm going to pick out a few items from the booklet that I can tell you case histories. But before I do that, I want to tell you just one incident. Years ago, a lady slipped in her kitchen on a puddle. And she tried to catch, her, catch herself and catch her balance by sticking out her hand to the sink but she had previously washed her silverware and she placed the utensils into a tray with the sharp point up of the knife. Mm -hmm. And her wrist went, the knife went through her wrist. Does it cost any money to place a knife with a point down? If a, a husband would want to get a cup or whatever it is on the other side of the tray, does he have to slice his wrist to do it? This is a push of zach, but it's called safety awareness. You have to have an awareness of safety if you want to be safe. And so we urge everyone, all the balabusters, put the knife with the point down, not up, for the safety of yourself, the children, your spouse, it doesn't cost any money. Something else that doesn't cost money, and I must tell you, there are three ladies I know of that each one fell down on the steps. One lady broke her wrist, Rahman and had to have metal put in and suffered greatly. The other one had two wrists broken. The third one was a lady who was coming off the train, the D train, and she didn't hold on to the banister. And she tripped and she fell and she fell on top of all the people in front of her, causing them to fall. I got regards from an acquaintance. He was in a rehab. What's he doing in a rehab? A sturdy young fellow he tripped on the steps. You don't trip on the steps if you hold on to the banister. 
Rav Miller Zechatzadik Vekodesh Lavrocho, who is the, the force behind the whole Torah Safety Commission, was very happy with this banister that he had from the shul to the apartment where he lived. He was very grateful for that, that banister. <laughs> Children have to be taught from childhood. Yingala, hold on to the banister as you go up, go down. It could save a life. The first topic in the panel book, a baby in the car. Mm. Here's a young man, younger man went shopping in the neighborhood to a, a store, a supermarket during the summertime and he left his child, he had, had to go in just for a minute, just for a minute, he's going in. When he came out, he had to get Hasola to revive the child. You don't leave children alone in the car for any reason. Take them with you if you cannot uh, have somebody supervising them. Before we go on, Rabbi Hamburger, you mentioned Rabbi Miller's side of the College of Lebracha. We sat together by Rav Miller many, many Shabbos afternoons. And Rav Miller, I hear him almost every Monte Shabbos because I show videos of Rav Miller in my house. And uh, he constantly was talking about safety. And, and some of the things are so plain and so pushed. And you know, it, people, people don't even uh, think about it. When older person... He gave some very good advice. When you're crossing the street, he said, make sure you cross with other people. And if you're dressed the way he was, all in black, and it's at night, then you have to be especially concerned. He always wanted a belt put on, you know, colorful, you know, like reflective belt, reflective belt, or at least get with other people, uh, somebody in a group, you're much safer. They're very sechaldic of things. But he felt, this is what he said constantly, that the responsibility for some of these accidents are the people themselves because they didn't do what they're supposed to do. He used to talk about the urn and the burnt, a kid getting burnt, and people said, What? Why did this happen to us? And Ramillo says, Why did it happen to you? <laughs> you, you were in the room, you left the kid alone, you went into the next room to get something, you're asking, Why did Hashem. It happened to you because of it. You can't tell that to somebody. But before the Misa, a person could realize it. That's a chokhmah, the background for the for the for your whole your whole geschäft here is definitely from from this day. I'm looking at actually number forty two, the tea kettle versus the hot water oil. It, it's it's a, it's amazing how they are so simple. Each one of these things, but if people would just take it a little seriously, it could it could mamish save lives and and also if it, 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 it's our duty. Just to protect ourselves, Shmatem Lod Nashosechem is a chiyu. And the Rambam puts it together, the Shmiris Guf it together with the Ritzicha Chas V'Sholom, that a person has to take full responsibility for his own body. And that's one of the reasons why we had you on the show is because I wanted people to say, you know, we're concerned about what goes into your mouth. Well, the safety of Kashmas, 
the safety that I shouldn't do in the Veirach this is the other kind of safety, and you have a chiyuv, a personal chiyuv, because you have to protect this body, just like you're protecting the stomach and the mouth, you have to protect the whole body. And that's what we have you here today. So maybe you'll give us a few more uh, uh, insights. I want to tell you what Rav Miller, Zechah told me. Oh. We had made bumper stickers for cars, and we're standing in front of the shul, and I asked the Rav Zasal, should we continue with this? The bumper stickers didn't go off too well. Only old yeshiva shakars. <laughs> <laughs> what did it say? One said, buckle up, don't be lazy. Save lives. The other one said something to the effect, think safety, drive safely, live safety. Something to, to that, uh-huh. but it didn't, it didn't go, get off the ground. The Rosasal at that time said to me, you cannot talk too much about safety. Right. Quote, word for word, you cannot talk too much about safety. We once crossing the street together on King's Highway and a car was coming in back of us, the Rav said, doing tshuva today is not like 100 years ago. 100 years ago, if a driver was driving his horse and buggy and he neglected to stick out his hand to show the driver behind him that he wants to make a turn, nishkefelech. Today, if a driver drives a car and does not signal that he's about to make a turn, the Rav clapped his heart and he said, it's a crime. You're putting people's lives into danger. He used to say about the, in the winter, I used to say about the snow. Oh, oh wait, we're coming to that. We're coming to that. We're coming to that. We're coming to that. The Rav Zasal said, it doesn't say ma'oid very much in the Torah. Many times. You don't find this too many no, times. No. But when it says ma'oid, the Rav Zasal said, it means ma'oid, 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 ma'oid. ma'oid means ma'oid. How could anybody not be inspired by the Rav Zasal's teachings? And it says here in the booklet, this booklet was inspired by Rabbi, you see that? By Harav. Right, right, I see it. So what about in the in the kitchen and, and in the food area? This is where we're we're uh, we're interested on in the show. Do you have any uh, yeah, yes. tips for us? I, I, I want to tell you an incident that happened. There are two incidents. One was in a kitchen that had a a refrigerator next to the gas range, mm. and on top of the refrigerator there was a aerosol can. And somehow or other, that aerosol can fell off the top of the fridge and fell onto a fire on the gas range. I want to tell you, there was a big explosion in the whole kitchen. People were terribly hurt. An aerosol can is like a bomb. When it 
when you put it to heat, it'll explode. Another kitchen story, a friend of mine, his wife was cleaning hashetel in the kitchen. And she must have been using some kind of combustible fluid. And the fumes got over to the pilot light on the gas range. And the whole kitchen blew up. Baruch Hashem, Chazi Hashem, Kilo Samnu, they got away unhurt. But you cannot pour such combustible fluids near a flame. Here was a bacher many, many years ago. His parents, his father permitted him to burn chametz. And the fire wasn't going too well. So the boy went to the garage and pulled out a can of benzene or kerosene, I don't know what it was, to make the fire bigger. He poured the kerosene, whatever it was, into the flame, and the vapor from that material brought back the flame to him and burnt him so seriously he had to be hospitalized. We have a panel here that says, Stop! Warning! Never, never pour the liquids such as benzene, kerosene, lighter fluid, etc. into a fire. The vapors will bring the fire right back to you, Rahman al-Islam. I was present once when somebody was koshering. I saw it, I was in the room, and the, the person is, uh, what do they say, Zavaksin, somebody who has been in koshering for many years. And he had this idea that uh, he's going to kosher this equipment for Pesach, so he took these metal uh, trays where the where the bread was being would be made on, and he put them on some kind of a, a, I don't know if it was a floor or whatever he put them, and then he put in some briquettes, and charcoal briquettes. But the, the charcoal briquettes had the uh, some, something in it which helps it to light. So you just when you just ignite it, it's already built up with something in there, and he started spraying some of the some of these other things on top of it. And the, the uh, flames shot up to the ceiling, and I saw that the that it was starting to burn the uh, the the roof of the I mean the ceiling, and I saw that they had exposed wires in that building, and it was it could easily have it hit the, the, this fire could easily hit there, and it seemed to me that the ceiling was uh, melting some of the um, some of the uh, paint there. And I told him, I, I cannot stay in the room. I had to leave the go outside until the mm-hmm. flames went down and was, it was safe again. But but I, I and I know some other people in Kashrus who have absolutely destroyed the kitchens. One person caused a thirty thousand dollars of damage. You know, in our field in Kashrus, and when you're doing hashkoch, when you're doing kashring, you of course you've got to use uh, fire and this, and that, but you have to also use seichel. <laughs> <laughs> and that seems to be a, a, a precious quantity. It's not so simple to get because sometimes the people are very wild about it and they sort of feel, I always get away with it. That's sort of the mentality that, I, that people walking around with, nothing's happened to me. I've made it through life. I don't hear anything happening to anybody that I know and therefore they feel safe. But as Miller explained to us, if you break the halacha, let's say if you break the halacha, even if nothing happens to you, you put yourself in danger. 
Rav Millet does tell the story. There's a story his grandson tells. That Rabbi Rav, Rav Kohn, in from Lakewood, he tells a beautiful story. He said this: the grandfather, meaning Rav Miller, used to be going in the car many times with his grandson. And he said, Rabbi Kohn said to him, he said, Zaidi, sit in the sit in the front next to me. He's always sitting in the back. He said, no, I'm not, I don't need to sit next to you. I sit in the back. He said, Zaidi, why is you always sit in the back? You don't sit next to me. He says, because that is the most dangerous seat in the car. And if I sit there, even if nothing happens to me, I'm losing zechusim in the next world for my mitzvahs. And I don't have enough to give up. I don't want to waste my mitzvahs to be able to, to save my life. So that's the pe- thing that people forget. Yeah, you might live. You might be able to run across the street and not get hit by the car. You may be lucky. But in Aveira, you got it. That's, the, that's how he taught us. Whenever the rabbis would go into a car, he would have a tefillah. He would say a tefillah. Did you hear it? You don't hear it. <laughs> but also, he was very, very mockpid not to get out of a car on the side of the gutter. He would always try to leave the car through that door that was next to the curb, uh-huh. to the street. Wow. He was very, very mockbit on... What, what should I tell you? I, I, I'm going to... We must go ahead in something I thought I would hold to the end. So we'll hold it, hold it a little bit, because I want to take a caller. Oh, okay, right. we'll get a caller. And anybody wants to call to speak to Rabbi Lazer Hamburger, this is Rabbi Wickler from Conscious Magazine, but Rabbi Lazer Hamburg is with us as a guest today, chairman of the Torah Safety Commission. You can call us at 718-683-5858. And if you want to text us, you can do that to 347-927-8398. But the phone is 683-5858. Okay, go ahead. You're on, you're on Conscious on the Air with Rabbi Hamburger. Go ahead, please. Yeah, I called before to say that my rabbi had the extra credit thing. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to make a point now that I know somebody who tried, like, do, like there was a bucket of, like, the, like plastic buckets that you could put gas in. So, um, so he blew into it and he couldn't see for like a minute or two. What? Yeah? Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very dangerous. Okay. Uh, well, let's go. Another call? No, okay. We are, we're ready to go on. Well, here, let's hear what you have to say there. We're going to, have, we're going to give us some of the insights. The, this, this booklet that we're talking about, just remind the people, because some people just tune in, that we're talking about uh, safety issues, and there's a safety handbook for parents and children, no. and you can get it emailed to you free, yeah. no charges here, and it has 63 beautiful yeah. color panels. You can print them out, the whole, the, the whole booklet, or individually, or just, uh, you know, you can have it on the computer, however you want to use it in school, if you're kids, and, uh, or if you have the patients, you're a doctor, whatever you'd like. These are excellent things, and Seichel Dick are things that every person should look through. And then you can get it by contacting Rabbi Hamburger. There's two ways, uh, well, the way to do this one is to email him at TSC. That's TSC for Torah Safety Commission, TSC at the JNet.com. And we also have a booklet 
called Soaking and Ding Present Safety with Uncle Moishi. Some of you may have seen it. It's, got, it's a tremendous uh, coloring book with uh, safety information. And you can, you can copy the, um, the pictures. Or if you'd like to get the whole booklet, you have to arrange it by calling uh, the, um, the Torah Safety Commission at 718-382-1388. That's 718-382-1388 for the safety booklet. Or the safety handbook, email us at tsc at the jnet. Com. So without further ado, I'm just going to yeah, well, yeah, we'll take one more second. I'm sorry. We'll take a second to talk about Glatmar, and then we'll go back to you in a second, Rabbi Hamburger. Your Glatmar is conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. They've been servicing the, the, uh, the Jewish community here uh, in Flatbush for the last 35 years, and they've been a supporter of our Kashrus magazine and also of the Kashrus on the Air for, I mean, Kasha on the year since we started, Kasha's magazine, basically almost since we started 35 years ago. When I think of Glatmar, I think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop a few items or for a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glatmar. And I want you to know the delivery that the men that they have are amazing. Some of them are real <laughs> B'nai Torah. It's a very interesting group that they have there. Their weekly specials run from Wednesday to Tuesday, and they appear on their website. And uh, on a Glatmar, convenience comes in two packages, parking and time. You can save a lot of time by using their valet parking service. Just pull into Glatmar from the East 12th Street entrance, and they'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with all those special items you purchased in the store. And at Glatmar, the quality of meats is A1, with kosher certification for both the Star K and the Vada Kashas of Flatbush, with base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor, at Glatmart, you're getting quality kashras. Glatmart is at 1205 Avenue M. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove, Dove in Glatmart, tell them you heard about Glatmart on Kashras on the Air over J Root Radio. And without further ado, I'm going back to my special guest tonight. This is Rabbi Wickler from Kashras Magazine. And uh, we take one more minute from your time. I just want to let people know that we had an amazing program this past Shabbos, and we're going to. The women came, and they studied insect infestation issues. How to how to check for toiloyim uh, in, in every how to clean and check all of the different vegetables that people commonly use in the house. It was a couple of hours long with fantastic program. We have it limited to ten people, and it, we have a few openings for this week. If anybody would like to come, women only, you can call us at seven one eight. 336-8544, again, 718-336-8544 for the women's training program, how to inspect in, uh, your vegetables and prepare them with absolute, with no insects, how to be make sure you have no insects in your products. And uh, again, 718-336-8544. And it's a tremendous program. The women, uh, were, uh, they enjoyed it very much. We got calls, from, uh, you know, reacting to it. It was beautiful. I just wanted to let you know that that uh, the that the, the the program is something that uh, is unique. It's a one time. It's two hours and change. And it uh, meets on this Mose Shabbos, so we're not talking about signing up for down the road. It's for right now. So if you are interested, just call, leave your telephone number, and we'll call you back. Seven one eight three three six eight five four four. And if you'd like to email, just email us at kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com. Again, 
Kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com. Okay, and now, without further ado, we're turning, returning to our very special guest, Rabbi Leza Hamburg is from the Torah Safety Commission, uh, they say, and, and he's going to be able to discuss some of the, the safety issues that he has in his booklet, which you can get free by just emailing him at T-L-T, I wrote it down. T-S-C. T-S-C at thejnet.com. The safety handbook has 63 panels, each one packed with information that is very, very well presented. And, you know, it's, it's cute and kids like it, adults like it, colors unbelievable. Whoever did the work on this, on this, the artwork, it really is high quality. Okay, so without further ado, Rabbi Hamburg, continue where you were left off. I'll talk a little bit first about helmets. Here was a boy driving his bicycle and it hit a stone and he went flying. There was a car coming opposite him going about 30, 40 miles an hour. It was on a country road and the boy flew into the window pane of the car and he cracked the window pane but he was wearing a helmet that saved his life. He got away with a broken foot, but he saved his life. Here's another case. The child, how it happened, I don't know, but not too long ago, the car passed over the child's head, the tire, but he was wearing a helmet and he survived. Case after case, Helmets save the lives of those who wear them. Not only children, but adults as well. If you're going to ride a bike, you're going to scooter, going to skate, wear a helmet and save your life. And I think you point out here on in panel number 50 that it's not enough to put the helmet on. You've got to put it on the right way. Yes. You have to have it straight on top of the head and the strap underneath the chin very tight and it has to fit and it should be an an approved helmet by ANSI or Snell. Those are two organizations that check out the helmets and give their approval. I think it's the responsibility of the parents to make sure that their children are wearing these and that they're wearing them the proper way. Now, a lot of times I see kids who are doing, you know, uh, scooting away or whatever it is, may have the helmet in the hand, but they're not necessarily putting it on. And when they put it on, are they putting it on properly? And does it still fit them? You know, a lot of times they get big, the kids got bigger. That's a reality. And it's the parent's job to be on top of that to the best of their ability. Now, I'm going to talk about what happened. People call in to the Torah Safety Commission Three cases of stranger safety. Mm, this is big today. And in this booklet, we have two panels on stranger safety. Stranger safety one and stranger safety two. Let me tell you. Here's a little girl here in Flappish going to a, a girl's base a, a elementary school. And for some reason, she was out of the building during school hours. And a car drives up 
a man gets out and says to her, Rivki, your mother said I should take you home. Chazi Hashem, the girl was a Sechodiga girl, and she said, I have to go ask my teacher, and she ran into the building. Of course, by the time they came out, he was away. That's case number one. The secretary of that school had a, a little yingler, maybe six, seven, eight, whatever, and he was walking along the street, and a so-called yid with a white beard came over to him and said to him, my dear little child, maybe you'll come with me to pray in the, in the synagogue. So there was a woman driver who saw the situation and it just didn't look kosher to her. So she turned her car towards where they were standing and the man said to the child, Yingle, there's those. My child, who is that? The child was smiling. He said, my, that's my mother. And the guy ran away. I get a call. Subsequently, a mother is calling from Borough Park. She says, what do I do? What's the situation? There was a man disguised as a, as a rabbi or whatever, and he said to my son, maybe you'll come with me to the synagogue to pray. So the boy, you know, a child, a child doesn't have a, the koyach, the, the fortitude to oppose an adult so much. So he went with him. When they came to the synagogue, to the shul, it was pitch black, no lights. The child got frightened and just ran away. So the mother, sa the mother says to me, what should I do? So I said, you have to bring it to the Gabonim. First of all, I asked her, which shul did they go to? She says she doesn't know. There's a shul on each corner. <laughs> so I said, you have to go to the Rabonim of the neighborhood and tell them the situation. But these things happen. It's not infrequent. You have to protect your child against strangers. And you'll learn about stranger safety, how to protect your child in this booklet. Let me just point out, because I'm looking at it as you were speaking, there were the two uh, stranger safety ones. The first one talks about, you know, somebody coming and picking you up and all that. But the second one goes even more into it. We're not going to talk about it on the radio now. But the but the there there are other issues about people becoming too frequent with children, and it's very hard to bring up those topics. This one does it in a very very nice and simple way, and these are things that you can share with a child if it's discussed in a uh, in 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 a, in, a, in, a fr in a framework of a safety message, in a booklet that's uh, fun and you know understandably it's. it's it's cute and everything, and I think it's an easy way for some parents who find some of these things difficult to discuss with their children. This is a wonderful opportunity just to uh, show them this and to explain it to them. And I think it's, I think there was a lot of, I don't know who helped you with this thing, but this was, there's a lot of chokhmah that went into it. This is not a, an hour's job. I mean, this is something that must have uh, had a lot of help over the time to be, develop it. It's fantastically, beautifully written. 
I must give credit to two people. One, uh, Mr. Menachem Nirenberg and Rabbi Yitzchak Kaznet. They worked together with me in the formative years, and many of their ideas are represented in the booklet. So, Yeyasha Kochachem, Rabbi Yisai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, should bless you, Bechol Milei Demetav. I got a call, a lady called, she was traumatized. What happened? She was driving her car at night, and she didn't see anything. There was a group of people dressed in black, a whole group, and one of them was pushing a baby carriage and the metal frame reflected in her car's lights and she realized there's somebody there and she stopped in time. She said she could have just run into all of them at one time. And this brings us to the wearing of black dark garments at night. Drivers cannot see you. You have to protect yourself. And either you get a reflector belt or the call hapachas, open up your cell phone and have it shining. But you must have some way of showing your presence to the drivers. Walk like they don't see you. Most likely they don't. If anybody wants to know where to get reflector belts, if they'll call the Torah Safety Commission, we'll try to give you the telephone number where to get them. I personally have my safety reflector belt with me. I know that when I come home from my riv, it's, it's dark, and I try every night to have my safety belt on when I walk at night in the street because I wear a black coat. I might just point out that in some communities... They're much more aware of this than we are here in New York. I mean, in Muncie or in Lakewood, Lakewood, I think they require it. I think they, it's absolutely required. And Nebuch, terrible, terrible accents have occurred in both Muncie and in, uh, in, and in Lakewood. Uh, I'm not going to discuss them, but there were terrible, terrible stories that happened over the years. And the communities are inspiring people to use it. It's, it's amazing that very little has been done, except for what you're talking about. Very little has been done. The, the rubs outside used to talk about it, but very little has been done in our neighborhood to build this up. This is, this is definitely something that could save many lives. And it's not just saving a life, but it could, a broken leg or, or hospitalization or whatever would, co- would could be caused. You know, this is something that uh, the time really is ripe right now. And if you've watched like I have, the kinds of drivers we have on the road today, they're ain't no daima. They're not at all like they were 20 years ago. People don't care about lights. People make U-turns in the middle of the block. People doing absolutely everything forbidden, and they're getting away with it. Somehow the police are busy with other other activities. So uh, what's happening is a, a, a wildness. And if you've seen the way they wiggle in between cars today, it's not like it was 20 years ago. It's absolutely changed. And do you think that those people can see when a person wearing black is crossing, a nice thin person, let's add, and short, crossing the street? Do you think they really could see it in time? That's, uh, we're, 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 not, we're not being right. This is the, the appropriate a- answer is exactly what Rabbi Hamburg is saying. 
I'm going to talk about prevent drownings. A large bucket of water is as dangerous as a swimming pool. Here's a mother. She was mopping her floor and she had a big bucket of water and she had a toddler draining around. The doorbell rang, or maybe it was the telephone. Um, I, I don't know for certain, but one of those things happened and she went to answer the door and she left her little child alone with this bucket of water. When she came back, she found that little toddler with the face in the bucket. Rahman al-Islam, there was brain damage, but buckets of water and toilet bowls. 200 children between 1964 and 1991 drowned in five-gallon buckets. 40 children drowned in toilets between 1973 and 1991. 300 children drowned in bathtubs between 1973 and 1991. You cannot leave a child alone in the bathtub for any reason. Here's a mother. She had a toddler in the bathtub giving a bath and a toddler outside the bathtub. The telephone rang, she went to answer it, and when she came back, she had only one toddler outside the bathtub. Rahman al Islam. If you have to leave, take the child, wrap him in a, the child in a towel, and take the child with you if it's an emergency. But don't leave a child alone in a bathtub for any reason, even in the slightest amount of water. Pekuach nefesh. And now that we're talking about Pekuach Nefesh, I'm going to talk about something which I was contemplating, should I bring it up, should I not bring it up? But I have to follow what I believe the Rav Zechatzatik would tell me to do. It's a painful subject. We have a panel called Salt the Ice. Rabbi Sai, how many people have suffered because somebody was negligent and didn't care about the safety of other people? We're not telling people to go shovel the snow. Not everybody is allowed to do it physically or medically, we're telling to do a simple process. If you haven't ordered yet your bags of ice salt, do so right away. The supermarkets have them. It's mamish, such a mean, selfish, wrong thing for people that own homes 
they're wealthy enough to, ho- ha- to own a home, and you're responsible for your home like you're responsible for your ox. Makes no difference. You must see that when the snows and your sidewalk and steps are icy, you must have the human Rahmanis, Rabbeinu Shalaylam, to salt the ice so that people can walk safely and not slide and slip. Mothers that have to carry their children in carriages and have to walk through a, a, a sidewalk that's icy, Rabbeinu Shalaylam. Where's your pity? And those people, Gesundheit, we don't care, we don't say, don't go to Florida for your vacation. Go, go to Florida for vacation. With Baruch Hashem, be well. But don't leave your house hefker, as though it was ownerless. You have a responsibility that when you're away on vacation, to make sure that your house is well tended, well protected, and well salted. No less than salting a, a, a chicken. <laughs> you must protect people's lives. You know, I, before I started this Torah safety project, I asked the Rav Zatzal, should I mention things in public that people might feel ashamed? I'm not mentioning any names. The Rav Zasal took it as serious, and he pondered that question for some time, and then he came back to me and said, we have to save Jewish lives. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. We can't worry about this. Do the best we can, but we. But the goal is to save the lives. I want. I want to tell you that uh, it, we're talking about this. The, the snow and the ice. I remember, like it's today, we had a a a hush of a Talmud Chacham living in our neighborhood. I remember Shlomo Brown, Braun Brown, who was the Mesharim at Siyanim Bahalacha. wrote the beautiful Sefer Shemiyas Bahalacha, and I remember passing by many times, in in on Shabbos. He told his son, you shovel. Now, not everybody maybe agrees, but he, Paskin, you must shovel the snow because of the Sakana. And he would, he made sure that his son shoveled the snow. No, I'm not talking about uh, not by the guy in his 20s. Shovel the snow because it's the Sakana Snafashos and Megmin on Shabbos. So he was mockpit on the real halacha, which is the safety of all the people who came at the show. We have no time? We have a, we're cutting? Okay, so then we, let me just chaser over because we have, we have no time to have to schedule another one. But I have, I, I had my guest today was Rabbi Laser Hamburger from the Torah Safety Commission. We're, we're talking about his safety handbook with 63 pages, panels, beautiful things done. that explains every single one of the things we were discussing, plus many, many more. You can get it absolutely free. You can get, you can make as many copies as you want. He's giving you the whole booklet in an email. So just email him at tsc at thejnet.com, and you'll have the booklet. And if you would like to get safety with Uncle Moishi, the Sukhi and Ding uh, coloring book is a beautiful book. You want to get a lot of them or one of them, whatever you want to do with that, 
So you can go ahead and you'll, you'll make a telephone call to him at... What's 718-382-1388. Just wait till after the message finishes. And then I just want to remind anybody who would like, any women who would like to join us at the training program with Rabbi David Goldstein, the expert in, in insect infestation. You can join us this, this Mosei Shabbos Pashas Va'era, it starts at 7.30. Call us and we'll give you all the details. It's for women only, 718-336-8544. Again, 718-336-8544, the Kashrus Magazine telephone number. And if you forgot the number and the contact information for Rabbi Hamburger, I'll give it to you also. So again, you can reach us at 718-336-8544. Thank you very much for listening to Kashas on the Air, and we hope to speak to you next week.